welcome, welcome, welcome as we start off this new journey um, for Pastor Nina Beth and myself, Dan Ledwith. We are excited to explore where the gospel, the scripture um, visits us in our world today. We know it's a living word. And as I told you, Nina Beth, um, a lot of people my age seemingly uh, can't quite see where our scripture fits. And I think that's kind of our goal with this podcast is to dive into where we see it surrounding us. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And, and people my age too. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's not so much a uh, my age thing, but more a universal thing is the world goes, people don't quite see it always. Right. Yeah. What's the relevance? Yeah. Absolutely. And that's something that we always like to kind of dive into together when we talk. So figured this would be a great way for other people to join the conversation a little bit and um, hear our thoughts on those things and maybe also provide feedback on where they're seeing the scripture talk to them in our world today. Mm -hmm. And with our world today, it is quite a fractured world, I would say. And it is also um, a very hopeful world. So with that, is there anything that you are hoping to gain as we go on this journey um, individually or for us as a community? Uh, I just think a deeper understanding of what what Jesus is calling us to do and and just this whole idea of um, when Jesus says the kingdom has drawn near and how that manifests itself in our lives. And uh, just um, waking up to being able to see God at work all around us. I think we have um, in our busyness and in in our little snapshots of, of the world and what's going on, we, we miss the good news. Absolutely. I'm victim of that too. Sometimes I think quite often, um, especially like a week like this week, when I'm preparing to preach a sermon or write a sermon, you always challenge me to find the good news, right? So I'll send you an idea of what I want to talk about or what I think I'm going to preach on. And then sometimes you'll have to stop me and say, where's the good news in that? (laughs) Right. So I think that's a great um, goal because all of us need to find a way to see that good news, even when it isn't necessarily smacking us in the face. Because as we've learned in recent times and over the past few years, the good news isn't necessarily always directly in front of us. Right. And I think as human beings, we have a propensity uh, to want to hear that negative news. And we have we remember the bad things more than we remember the good things. And so I, I think agree. we have to really work at remembering and seeing the good. I 100% agree with that. And I think, I mean, our, our, our media kind of helps drive us towards that. Um, and what we watch or listen to always seems to highlight the negative and not the positive. So hopefully with this journey and uh, what we talk about through our discussions, we'll be able to kind of find that good news and, and spread it out amongst our community and fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Absolutely. Amen. 
All right. So sticking with where we can find the good news and where we can find the scripture in today's world, I think um, starting it today, which is Thursday, January 21st, a day after an inauguration of a new president during an extremely turmoil time, um, time filled with turmoil for our country, I think it is wise to look at unity and where we find that in the scripture. And there's a lot of scripture out there and a lot of it, like we talked about before, sometimes the context can be uh, different than the message that you're receiving or from what you read. And what jumped out to me as I was looking for different scriptures that really meant something of unity, um, I think I, I stumbled upon something that maybe might not originally have been meant that way, but truly, if you dive into it, we can find it. And it's First um, Peter um, three, chapter three, verse eight, and that is finally all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Now there are obviously a million different versions, and I was using the New International Version there for that. Um, and it doesn't necessarily use the word unity, but certain versions do mm-hmm. use the word unity in there. And, but I do think that just that sentence alone, 100% breeds be unified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. When it says finally, all of you be like-minded, which would be um, a unity calling and be sympathetic and love one another and be compassionate and humble. And those are all things that very much we're taught all throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. 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 And with our message yesterday from our new president of let's be unified. We're going to, this is a time to turn to unity. This is a time to work for those that may not have voted for him, but and may not support him, but he will still work for those people. Um, I think that is a very unifying message and something that we as Christians, because we've seen a very, two-sided face to to what we we present to the world it is time for us to unify under you know god's love and and his work yeah yeah it was it was a beautiful um a beautiful speech and as i had mentioned to you previously i was really touched by amanda gorman's poem um and i think amanda there's there's one portion of her poem that speaks to me to this particular scripture um, in first Peter uh, she says the new dawn blooms as we free it for there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it if only we're brave enough to be it I think that's what Peter is driving at in this scripture um, because Peter's talking about the qualities of Jesus and how we are called to live as Jesus lived. And also um, he's really, he frames this particular letter around the fact that Jesus has risen. And so we have a new dawn that has bloomed as Amanda would say it, there's a new dawn that has bloomed and there is always light if we're brave enough to see it, if we're brave enough to be it. And so Peter talks about suffering. He talks about how Jesus suffered, how Jesus embraced suffering, how Jesus 
um, gained wisdom through his experience and how Jesus's life um, was one of humility. Um, he was brave enough to be it. Of course, what is it? God, right? He is God, Emmanuel with us. But um, yeah, so I, I loved both of those, the speech and the poem and how they, uh, how they bring us into this scripture. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I didn't even pull into Amanda Gorman's speech when I was thinking about um, the unity, but you're 100% right. And especially that part where she says, if you're brave enough to be it. And I think mm -hmm. that that is the biggest struggle that we have um, within our faith moving forward is to really be that light of God and not so much what we want in this world, right? We've seen a, a long time as Christians, we've seen some falling out through that where we're more concerned about the light at the end of our tunnel and not so much the light that shines down on all of us from above. And I think right now is a good time for us as Christians to kind of have a gut check moment and say, all of us unified together need to find a way to be that light of Christ, not necessarily the light of our own ambitions and our own wishes. Right, right. And so the CEB version says, finally, all of you be of one mind, sympathetic, lovers of your fellow believers, compassionate and modest in your opinion of yourselves. And so this idea of community that you're bringing up, Dan, that we, we have to be, um, I think the president said, it's okay to disagree, but we have to be of one mind. What is that one mind? Mutual relationships that we can, that we can disagree, but, but move together to bring good and, and our better angels into, into the world. Absolutely. Lovers I, of your fellow believers. Yeah. And I think that that's something that we have kind of um, lost in recent times is being lovers of each other, no matter the, no matter the circumstance, it's been a very um, left and right, black and white, uh, whatever opposite you want to call, that's kind of the world we've been in. And I do think that this unification of, as we were talking about earlier, relationships is super important as we move forward, um, especially because as you mentioned, when we were kind of doing some of our prep and our conversation, that this actually starts out, this uh, chapter three here actually starts out really talking about relationships and being as one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that mutuality. And how and how to work together um, to to I mean God brings about the kingdom the reign on earth but we mirror it we show it we show how how it is actualizing um, and but we can't do it alone like we can't right. I, I can't do it I need you to help me figure out or to reflect it or just to, to say, no, you're not reflecting hate, hate. And, um, you know, um, what is, you know, um, hate and um, disrespect do not reflect. Um, I love the one version that says NRSV, a tender heart, have a tender heart. 
Like, what does that mean to have a tender heart? Um, and in order to do that in relationship is not easy. No, because you just want to be all. right. Yeah, right? I think that's a very human, a human characteristic is the want to be the person that's correct or the person that's seen as being right. So um, I would 100% agree. And the tender heart is interesting because further on in this scripture, it talks about being forgiving of those who have done you wrong and being forgiving of those who have hurt you. And I think that, again, looking at our society today, I mean, this whole chapter talks directly to us and to our hearts with what's going on. I mean, we have to find a way to forgive those who have made the recent times difficult, who have through their own wishes or through their own ambitions made this not a time of peace, right? Not a time of comfort in our country. We have to find a way to have tenderness in our hearts in order to get to that point. And I think that as he says further on, how can you be so hopeful in these terrible circumstances? I think trying to find our tender hearts inside is what leads us to that hope with our common man. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't mean ignoring the 400,000 plus people who have passed. It doesn't mean, you know, ignoring the fact that there is still um, rioting and violence. It, it, it just means opening your heart up to be, to have it broken in a way, because the brokenness leads to, to speaking hope into the world that this isn't all there is. Um, but if you refuse to see it, you close off, um, then you find yourself, you know, speaking deceit and, and, uh, you know, you gotta speak, you gotta name the evil in order to not be evil. So, right. And I, and I think that that hopefulness is talked about all throughout every scripture we read. And I, I, mm. as I read this version, as I read this how can you be so hopeful in these terrible circumstances? Immediately, the first thing that came to my mind was COVID and the terrible circumstances that we are living in right now. And how can we find hope in those areas? And um, a personal aside, I mean, my mom is a little bit older. She has some health issues that makes her um, more susceptible and a higher risk. And so I have hope because we've finally been able to get her registered for um, the vaccine. We've finally been able to actually schedule an appointment. It's a month away, but there's hope. There's that light at the end of the tunnel. And I told her, I said, you're registered now. Ain't no way I'm coming to see you until you have that vaccine because I'm not risking it when there's so much hope that yeah. this will be, you will be safe moving forward. And I think that we need to find, in order to find greater hope for everyone and for our society, we need to find that hope within our own lives um, first. Mm -hmm. Where do we see that hope to get out of this tunnel? And, and I see it with in our congregation. I see the hope that we've been able to come out of, not come out of this because we're not out of this yet, but we've been able to weather this storm virtually healthy because of the protocols that we've put into place, because we've decided that being together doesn't necessarily mean physically being together. And that we've been able to move fluidly, as you very well know, 
um, through this time in a way to encourage hope for everyone. Yeah, yeah. And I love the way people are continuing to reach out to each other. Um, it's not just about Sunday morning. I'm hearing, you know, oh, I talked to so-and-so yesterday and uh, just checking in, they're doing well. And, um, and it, it's, you know, the idea also of, of finding different ways of, of get, getting together. Let's, let's start a new book study. Um, we have a, actually we're we're starting a new book um, study. Well, it probably won't be coming out for another month on um, racism and reconciliation. Um, and it's someone, Faye, in the in the congregation who who's feeling called into this. And so we're working on what does it look like to, you know, in our congregation. In we our motto is. Um, in our diversity, we find common ground in Jesus Christ. And so what does our diversity look like? And how can we unify around Jesus Christ and reflect the diversity of our community? And so it's gonna be a good Bible study, but these kinds of things are, are what you're saying. You know, We're just able to continue to bring the hope, the spark of light um, in this time that could, could actually, you know, we could have all holed up in a, in our bedrooms and not talk to each other. So it's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I agree completely. And I, I love that we are finding ways to still provide hope for those in our community who need it, whether, I mean, our food pantry at Panther Valley Ecumenical Church has not necessarily dropped off at all, but it gained the need, obviously, within the community. And we've answered the bell. Um, and that gives me so much hope for everybody that lives within our area, that if they need something, we're there for them. We've been able to make sure we keep our doors open to certain groups that need the, the space and need the ability to be together. Not everybody needs that, but certain groups really do. And I have hope for those people because we've been able to be that light that we were talking about a few minutes, a little bit ago. We've been able to be that light as a congregation, as a church. Um, for them to continue on their journey and, and to have hope for moving past all of this. Yeah, yeah. And it's beautiful because it really reflects that love one another, um, which again, as, as you mentioned, is all throughout the scriptures from Genesis all the way to Revelations. But it, it, um, it's, it's to tie it into to. Peter's letter, this mutuality, you know, even in the giving of food to the food pantry, um, there is a loving of someone you've never met because, you know, you don't know who is coming to the food pantry. And then in the receiving of that food, again, is this love for one another because the gratitude, um, it just begets generosity, but it also begets this, this compassion and love. Um, and it goes both ways. It's this mutuality um, that the giver and the receiver are both blessed and then go back, go out and are a blessing to others. So yeah, I, I think just that example alone, the food pantry, and I, I didn't even necessarily think we were going to go there. It wasn't even on my, <laughs> my brain, but the food pantry alone hits all three of the points of this whole letter, be unifying, be sympathetic and love. I mean, 
for someone to donate when they don't have to donate, that's showing a sign of sympathy. That's showing that they, they feel for their common man. And the only way that you can feel for your common man is if you feel like your common man, if you feel unified with that person during a time that is so crucial for everybody. So I think we kind of check off all of those boxes in just one transactional movement, which is our food pantry. We unify together because we know there's a need. Some people sympathize, they have more than they need, so they donate. And then both of those people within that donation, the giver and the receiver, like you said, are feeling very, very much love and most likely hope. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely hope. Hope abounds. <laughs> yes. And so I, I had mentioned the line, how could you be so hopeful in those terrible circumstances? I said COVID, you know, how could we be hopeful? And I think that that is the number one way is to see the actions of our neighbors and what they're doing for each other as the hope, as that shining light and guiding light. And I just want to touch on, I don't want to get too deep into the past or anything like that, but it always comes to my brain, you know, how can you be so hopeful in these terrible circumstances? People right now, for whatever reason, their political beliefs, their, what they read online, they are feeling like these new four years are terrible circumstances. And there are people that feel like those last four years were terrible circumstances. And I always, anytime it comes to like a political discussion or discernment, I always go back to Daniel 2, 21, when it is, he changes times and seasons, he deposes kings and raises up others, he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. And I think that that line, that that verse right there, no matter what aisle or spectrum you sit along politically, we need to take that as what happened and what is happening in our country is God's doing. This is, yes, through us, through the voters, through our power, but God is the one that ultimately decides when it's time for something new and for a new beginning and for some new revelation to come. And I think right now, all we need to do as a society of Christians is say, we are praying for that last line. Let God give wisdom and wise to the discerning. And I think right now that is us saying together, unified, as Peter calls us to be as one, saying, let's have that knowledge and and let's run with it for our new president. Right. And I think um, the key to it, though, is community discernment. So it's easy for me to discern what I think I what I think I'm hearing from God. Um, but I need the community to affirm that that is indeed um, what God is calling us to do. And I think you're right. This is a new beginning. Um, it's always a new beginning when we have a um, an exchange of power. Um, but this is really a new beginning because we have all these forces, like you said, COVID, and then we have the climate crisis, and then we have economic crisis. Um, and we have uh, pluralism. And now is the time to really um, discern what God is calling us to do, what this new beginning looks like and how we can, how we can allow God to work through us. I, I, I agree completely. I think that and it's as a community that helps us. Right. And I think that that's the whole 
goal of this conversation and this new journey we're on is to find where in that scripture it will help us. But I do think there is a key to what you said, and it's that community discernment. And I think that we are, we live in such an, a time where it's not copacetic to get together as a community and to discern politics and how um, our Bible and how our, our love of Christ leads us politically. But I think that maybe the only way forward for this group and for our community is to say together what we think and to work through it as one. And I don't know how that's accomplished. And I think that that's something that we'll have to dive into more or talk more to the people we're directly, um, we directly work with or, or are influenced by. But I do think that that is something that I've never really thought or looked deep into until you just mentioned it. But I would 100% agree that that's the move that we have to make. Mm -hmm. And it really starts with listening to our stories. Like each of us have a, has a story um, and we don't, we can't understand the other person until we understand what their story is. And uh, it's unbelievable how similar um, in our uniqueness we are. Each of us is, you know, a unique image of God, but it's amazing how our stories intersect in, in just beautiful ways. And that will bring us together and help us to understand each other. And then we can start hearing um, what God is calling us. Yeah. yeah, so I think that what we're what we're seeing with just this one little scripture and just this one fragment of our Bible is an overwhelming message of love, which we always discuss and talk about. Um, but the unity aspect and what my main goal was to see where we saw it. And I think we're seeing it in this transition and in this new beginning for our nation. And so I think that when you're looking in the Bible and you're trying to say, well, this doesn't apply to what's going on today. I, I say you're wrong. And I say to look at our world, even if you just watched the news for 20 minutes yesterday, no matter what station you listen to, you were hearing a message of unification. You were hearing a speech of unification. You were hearing a poem of hope and unification. And so I hope that through this discussion and conversation, those of you that may not necessarily believe um, that our Bible speaks to in everyday life uh, can see that it really does. And it can be found almost everywhere you look. Because as I said earlier to you, I think the one thing that we often forget is this is a living word, right? Mm. The, the word of Christ is forever and it changes, it evolves just like everything, but it is a living word. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Amen, amen. Yeah, so true. I think there's a huge deep desire from everyone uh, to find the common ground, to work for unity. Um, and I hope my prayer is that that desire um, doesn't go away in the next week, um, that people can keep that, that longing and that desire in front of them um, and make that stronger than the urge to divide and blame and justify and, and all those things. Um, yeah, 
So I have, I, I wrote down um, a question, if I may, Dan. Go for Not it. necessarily for you, but for, for those who might be listening. Um, so, and it, it was a thought that I had in reading this, this scripture. What, op, what are the opportunities to accompany each other in ways that are visibly instructive to a world that prefers separation and everyone for themselves. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just plop that right out there. And that's now, a great question. No need to answer it, but to think about, ponder it. Cause I think the scripture really points at that. And this yeah. whole letter really points at that. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to answer it today. I am <laughs> going to ponder it. And when we open back up next week with a new conversation, I will have an answer ready for you. And hopefully what we'll do here to end this discussion is we will pray ourselves out. And then my request to you would be to then leave everybody one more time with that question so it's the last thing on their mind and we can allow them to ponder it with us. And like I said, next week, when we come back to this, I will have an answer. Awesome. How's awesome. that sound? Awesome. Perfect. All right. So I am going to leave the praying this week to you and oh. I will jump in next, unless you don't want me to put you on the spot. But um, I think that if you could start our journey off with the ending prayer of our first episode, that would be great. Oh, thank you so much. What an honor. Thanks, Dan. Um, so let us pray. Oh, gracious and loving God, um, we are seeking peace and we are seeking a way to pursue it. Um, your eyes are on us and you are encouraging us to go forward to do as much good in the world as we can. And so, Lord, um, we are asking for your guidance. Help us be the light, help us be the good, and help us be the ones who help to unify in our diversity this beautiful world that you have gifted to us. We say all this and so much more in the confidence of your Lord, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. And I'd be remiss not to mention, we are calling our little journey Christ Compass. So navigate this world of faith with us. Take a walk with your podcast, put it on in the car, listen to it with your friends or your family. But please, by all means, let God, let Christ be your navigational guide and light. And with that, we leave you with a question. What are the opportunities to accompany each other in ways that are visibly instructive to a world that prefers separation and everyone for themselves? All right. Talk to you guys soon. <laughs>